0: Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, another tremendous week here on the show. Uh, The support, uh, all you new listeners, I do appreciate it. The, The current listeners, the retweets the the you know the favorites, everything. You guys are bringing a lot of action to the show, bring more listeners this way. Like I told you, I'm just only going to continue to go harder, bigger guests, fun guests. The one we here have tonight, he's been on a bunch of times before, one of my favorite ones because we, we, we don't really have to get too technical with it. We can just have a little fun, sit back, chill, talk some ball, crack some laughs, uh, so, you know, but I do appreciate everything for that. Guys, one thing, if you could, ratings on iTunes, reviews on iTunes, those are helpful. So if you could please do that for me, I tremendously appreciate it. Our guest here this evening, obviously, he has been on plenty of times. Last time he was on, we trot our way at uh, predicting a 53. I think we did a decent enough job. But, you know, look, there's so much tinkering on a back end of an NFL roster and you see it. It's a daily thing now. Obviously, with the move today, uh, you know, price is up. Uh, Devereaux Lawrence, who they traded a seventh-round pick for, is gone. Guys, I, I am hearing they're trying to sneak him back on the practice squad, so we may not be done with Devereaux Lawrence just yet. So keep that in mind. Our guest here this evening um, at Browns Mock Draft, a uh, good friend of mine. Obviously, you know, does the, the Browns Mock Draft every single day, and you know, he is the Clavin to my Norm Peterson. Um, Steve, Stephen and Thomas, Steve, always a blast having you on, first of all, uh, and dude, it's been great getting to, you know, not know, but actually know you over the last couple of years. Always a pleasure when you pop on in here for me, bud.
1: Well, thanks. And I, you know, I appreciate, uh, uh all the cheers references. That's something that we, uh, uh, connected on, but I gotta say, I, can I at least be Frazier? I mean, you know, I mean, Cliff was... I know Cliff, Norm, Cliff and Norm go together, but I mean, at least Frazier was smart and had money and got B.B. Lawrence. I mean, can I at least be Frazier? I mean, he's, he's still a dork. Can I be the good dork? That's true. I mean, god damn, she did have a pair of legs on her. She did. No. And I like wine. He likes wine. Come on.
0: All right, then. Well, <laughs> if you're out in that type of country, and I don't do the wine, so yeah, that's all yours. You can have every drop of it. <laughs> uh, but Stephen, obviously, you know, we've gotten four weeks into this season now. Oh, um, most of it, obviously. You know, you from your nine to five or your job, if we want to call a job. Um, <laughs> it job. You know, so uh, it, it's you know we've got a lot, and this is the thing. It, it's insane how quickly the NFL season goes because here we are already in week five. But uh, give me some of your initial points here. Uh, you know, the Baker thing. You know, God knows how long he would have really sat, but who cares? You know, the the cork is out of the bottle on that one. But you, know, what what are some things you're seeing so far? And obviously, you know, you a lifelong guy here of this team. Where are you at mentally? You know how are you feeling on each and every Sunday?
1: Um, I think you know pretty much like everybody else. I'm not as I mean you know the people still talking playoffs are a little ahead of where I am, but the excitement with Baker Mayfield um, and he's not the only one, obviously, but finally having a quarterback makes such a huge difference and I, I tweeted something last time uh last week uh, during the Raider game I can't remember, I'll paraphrase it but it was when they got down to the one yard line and then they had that funky series of play calls and ended up for a field goal in years past that would have been ah oh, crap we were one yard away we're never going to have that chance again we're going to you know maybe we'll kick three field goals the defense is going to have to play lights out and everything but with Baker in there even after only a game and a half you just thought okay, well, you know, we'll score a touchdown next time. It's He carries such an air about him. And, I, I, you know, you and I both hate the phrase it factor, but whatever that is, he's got that. He makes you confident that he can do it, and then he goes out and does it. And having that at the game's most important position, if not the most important position in all of sports, has made such a huge difference. I am far rosier uh, on the long-term outlook, uh, I still think this this year is still not a throwaway year, but it's not it's not a playoff year in my opinion. But uh, how could you not be, uh, um, you know, in a better mood than you were three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Um, and, and talking about you, you, you mentioned something about how who knows how long he would have played if, if for not for the injury. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things on that. I mean, we were in agreement that he should play when he's ready to play and not before, and that should be separate from what Tyrod did, and I still believe that 100%. But you look at what happened, I mean, instantaneously when he came in in that Jets game. And, you know, we're not in that practice room. so We're, we're not in the, watching the practices every day, so, uh, you know, we can't say for sure. But I, what was happening in practice that said not ready? I, I cannot... Unless he is the worst practice player in the history of ever and time, I, I can't imagine watching him doing something, anything remotely close to what he's done on the field, in practice and thinking to yourself, this kid's not ready. It's just another in a long line of questions for the guy at the top of our uh, current food chain.
0: Well, that was the thing, and I put the tweet out today. Um, I had gotten a message, I guess it was sometime last week, um, because I know I mentioned it to Brandon Leister when I was on the show, but somebody in the league and said, well, whether or not the Browns did this intentionally or unintentionally, it may have been low-key genius to not start Baker Mayfield oh, yeah. week one. And look, we're always going to side on the fact of maybe it wasn't done intentionally because you know we don't believe that this franchise is always doing things the right way. But it was just yet another thing for him to say, okay, they don't think I'm ready yet, so maybe I'm not doing everything. And the thing with Baker is, What we're starting to learn now is, you know, everyone kind of got the – and maybe it's because of the one bad night in Arkansas. And i got to be honest with you guys, if I was in Arkansas for a night, I'm assuming I would get heavily drunk because I don't know what even would go on in Arkansas.
1: I've been there a few times, and I have been that drunk. So so
0: there you go. (laughs) But uh, they just mistake it Uh, because Baker, it's all right, well, you know, and he's putting in the work. So if, all right, well, I did two hours. If they want two hours and 15 minutes, I'm going to give two hours and 15 minutes. But it was just, and it, it was a completely different ball game. And it was, I mean, literally it was everyone leaning, your know, left left fist under your chin watching that game that Thursday night. Oh, good God. I mean, and the game sucked from every aspect of it. You know, Jets oh, were up. Terrible. They weren't playing well. Sam Darnold wasn't playing well. I mean, defensive, yeah, you know, on the defensive side, everybody was playing well. But then all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. Somebody really had a really good quarterback and they just decided to play him now. Right. And it was just, away we went the biggest bright spots you get. He's scoring 10 points a quarter already. Six quarters in the NFL. He's putting up 10 points a quarter. They dropped 42 last Sunday. I could probably go through the schedule last year and maybe find you three games where we can combine the total to get to 42. Yep. So, and, you know, for everybody with the, oh, well, we lost. lost." It's 42 points. Do you realize the potential of what is in this building now? And now all it is is, all right, well, maybe one more playmaker on offense and then just... Just a lot of easier stuff to fill in. But when you He's, got
1: that dude, it just makes yeah. so much of a difference. Go ahead. He's contagious, bro. You He's contagious. It. But, I mean, you sit and you look at it. And I'll say this, too. I will say, because there's been some really juvenile and uncalled for attacks on Tyrod Taylor, uh, not only as a player but as a as a person. And I will say this, too. He wasn't playing well, and this is not to defend Hugh. You know I will not defend anything like that, but he was decidedly worse in a lot of areas than he had been in the past few years in Buffalo. So it's not like that's the guy that they went out and traded for, okay? He, something happened. I don't know if he was feeling the pressure, here in the footsteps, um, you know, whatever. I don't know what – but something happened. He was not the guy – that took Buffalo to the playoffs last year. So you can see how they were, they're maybe waiting for, you know, that to kick back in or whatever, but it, it comes back to the point, like you said, what what were they seeing in practice that said, this kid's not ready. I I, I can't fathom it. And the energy that he brings, I, not only on the field, I mean, you could hear it in the stadium and I've been in that stadium. So I know what it's like when it gets, when it gets crazy. And I mean, just sitting and watching myself in my house, just you like you said, you went from leaning back to now I'm on the edge of my chair because some shit's going to go down. Something good yeah. is is about to happen. And I'm going to, I'm not going to miss a drop of it. It's, he's contagious. Uh, that's the best way to put it.
0: And the other thing though, is, is the warp speed that he's playing in it, it just, it's like, all right, okay, first down, oh my God, we're on the ball again. All right, and it was just, just I mean, maybe because it started a two-minute drive, but it, that's the urgency he plays with. And, you know, he almost, you know, and you, you, you know, being the rookie, coming from the college systems where, and especially the Big 12, where, hey, we may score 56 this week, might not be enough. And so he's used to, look, man, any wasted time, right. is time, we're not getting something positive, and we saw this from the you know first drive. He's you know he saw. Uh, well, I'm sorry, second drive because the first one was a three and out against the Giants. But the second drive, it was let's go, let's go, let's go. And I keep harping on this, but there's going to be no wasted time, and they want to run a ton of plays. And you know, and that's something we're going to need to see here as we go on. And,
1: and, and just, I think one of the things. If I, I'm sorry to interrupt, one of the things that's most amazing is how quickly he has. The, I mean, they follow him. That, that's really unusual for a rookie. They don't. I mean, you got to. I don't care if you're the number one pick or not. You walk into a group of men in that huddle that are feeding their families and they look at you like, okay, Rook, you know, you got to prove it first. They all, when a guy like Jarvis Landry, who, I mean, you say what you want about his contract and, you know, let's not let, you know, uh, uh, Pete hear this part, but, um, <laughs> but when he says never doubt six, 100, I mean, that's unusual it's very very unusual for a kid to come in and command the respect of the veterans on his team guys that have been there done it and seen rookies come in with attitude and seen those same rookies go and now this kid they're behind him immediately I mean you know he he all the way you know
0: well and the thing is it's not lip service Jarvis Landry right. is just not going to do Baker Mayfield the no. favor doesn't need to he absolutely doesn't need to, and you know, and the one thing, and you know, and we've softened on this. You know, Jarvis Landry has been, you know, I, I'm not going to say he's a wide receiver, one of the Julio Jones, AJ Green ilk, but we're not seeing the Dick and dunk guy we saw, and you know, Dude's good for him. A man. Yep, absolutely running big boy, you know, running the big boy routes. Maybe the Dolphins are the ones that misused him, but look, guys, we were just going off of what we had seen to this point. Guys, ever since I've taken over this show, uh, a lot of people, you know, they they want to talk to me about football. They want football advice. It's always they want betting advice. Uh, Look, I can tell you what I think. I can't guarantee you. And it ain't my money. So I'm going to give you the best opinion I can. But what I can tell you, uh, who you're betting with is almost as important as who you're betting on. That's why I will always urge you guys to go to MyBookie. Trust me. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. And their mobile site, simple, clean, crisp, easy to use. I would only recommend a service that's been good to me in the past. I will always tell you guys, I don't bet a lot, but when I do, I will do it through my MyBookie. Uh, that's why I'll always tell you, make your way on over to bookie. You win, they pay, it's that simple. They have in-game, live betting, over-under on, on fantasy players. So, obviously, you know, we're recording this before the Thursday night game. You know, If Tom Brady's predicted for 20 and a half, you can bet on under, you can bet on over. Bet on the over, by the way. So uh, I can recommend that there. MyBookie is slammed with new customers and people looking to create new accounts. If you create your account after 7 p.m. Eastern, they will give you a free $25. Now here is the best part about MyBookie. They will still match your initial deposit dollar for dollar. So if you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern, you put down 75, you get 75 of theirs, and you get another 25 of theirs. So you put in 75, but you got 175 to play with. It's a good deal, guys. One thing I will say, with the uh, with the new After 7 p.m., there's a new promo code, capital L locked, capital O on, 25 locked on. Visit MyBookie online today, MyBookie.com, dot com, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. MyBookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Stephen, just some quick thoughts here on the defense because we're going to talk a little Ravens. And, guys, if I'm having Steve here, we're, we're, we're always going to throw in a couple of early draft crushes. There's
1: some guys we think...
0: Maybe you can fill out the picture here. Go ahead, bud.
1: Uh, which part? The draft?
0: No, well let's go defense here. Now, now, what, you know, obviously the defensive right. line, but I mean, we're seeing some young players.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you and I were uh, we were on the early Gennard uh, Avery train, mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, I it's still early. I mean, obviously, you know, the sample size is still very small and everything, but I don't think it. We would be. Out of line to, to give ourselves a pat on the back there, um, I, I still can't fathom how that guy lasted at day three. I mean, he would people were talking about him going day three, and in, in our run-up to the draft episodes that we would do, I would say, well, people keep saying he'll be available in the fourth and fifth, but I don't believe that. So I just sort of put it out of my mind. Uh, it was amazing to me that he fell uh, all the way to the fifth. It was an absolute steal. Denzel Ward has been everything that people thought he would be and more. Uh, whether you like that pick or not. And I was actually – I wasn't against it, but I was surprised that that's the way they went. Um, uh, I'll,
0: I'll eat crow on that one all day
1: long. Uh, I mean, he has been everything you could hope for uh, and uh, for a rookie. And you think about what he – think about what he's going to be when he actually figures out what the hell's going on in the NFL. I mean, he's still just a rookie out there. So, I mean, I, I don't think the pieces on defense are – how can I phrase this? I don't think – the defense is being allowed to be as good as it can be. Um, and this is something we talked about in the preseason. Um, and with – this is one of the things sort of segueing into the Ravens this weekend. It's one of the things I fear with Mitchell going out is that we will see a return to the 10-yard, 12-yard cushions. Oh, please, God, no. Um, and if you're going if, if to do that, and then you're also going to blitz – Basically, every other play, 50% of the time, roughly, and leave your linebackers to cover in space. And then on top of that, line your safeties up back near the Pennsylvania border (laughs) against a guy like Flacco, who... I mean, yeah, he had the Super Bowl run where he threw it deep and, and won every 50-50 ball with Anquan Bolden, but a lot of his career for the last decade, I have nightmares about that guy hitting tight ends on third downs against us for the last 10 years in the, across the middle of the field and running backs leaking out into the flat. I mean, nightmares that he has devoured us with that. And from what we have seen from the the defensive alignment and the play calling, I I would love to be confident, especially since I'm going to be there and see it in person. But I, it, it has the potential to be a long afternoon uh, at the at the hands of the Ravens again. I hope not, um, because like I said, the pieces are all there. But I mean, first of all, you've got the alignment things that we just talked about, and then also I know this is something you're. I'm upset, but you're like really upset about it. Is the the snap counts for the for the for the defensive line? It's just. It's unsustainable that that Miles and Larry and these guys play ninety five, ninety eight percent of the snaps. First of all, at best they're going to wear down and and they're become less effective, and at worst you're going to get a fatigue injury. You know, so I mean they have to start giving ten, twelve, fifteen snaps a game to uh, uh, you know the Brian Price who just got uh, uh, brought up, like you said, and and uh, uh, God help us, J- Chad Thomas and everything, just. <laughs> just eat some snaps just let them catch some wind you know so they're not out there exhausted by the end of the third quarter
0: and well the other thing though is is i'm worried about you know you're worried about Emmanuel Ogbot look here's a guy who's had a little bit of an injury history Miles sure. Garrett is rookie year a little bit of one and Larry Ogunjobi i want these guys 100% healthy when the gun goes off in week 17 right. i, I want to know i've got that because if i've got that I'm good, and I can fill in whatever I need to fill right. in afterwards, but when you're playing these guys, it's not a sustainable t- snap count. It's not, and they're not going to be able to perform like they've been performing, and they're not going to be able to stay healthy, and I don't care if you want to see, you know, look, oh, well, we don't think these guys are good enough. I don't care. They've got to take some heat, because yeah. it's about the greater good. It's not about this year, and... Even if you were 3-0-1, oh, I'd say, okay, I understand. Maybe it's about this year. It's 1-2-1. and one. The schedule here, and we talked about this a lot, is for all the guys with the 9 wins and the 10 wins, AFC West, NFC South, uh, obviously the AFC North, this is a hard, difficult schedule. And usually yep. a team that goes 0-16 oh, is not going to play this type of schedule. It's just the way it worked this year. So, you cannot expect this to continue. And the last thing I want is one of the best pieces I have on this team spending their entire offseason not getting better on their craft, having to rehab. No freaking way. These guys got to take some
1: reps. Yeah, absolutely. I know, you know, I had totally forgotten about uh, Ogba just came back from injury. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure he worked as hard as he could, but you can't get back into game shape. He's going to be sucking mm-hmm. wind probably again at least this week, next week, and before he rounds back into form. You can't. You just can't ask these guys to do that and you know you have to I think it's fair at least to wonder looking back to the second half of the Raider game where you know Carr just absolutely carved them up was that a factor I I mean Miles Garrett is a cyborg but apparently even cyborgs get tired you know it it you just can't do it and and I have a like I said anybody who's been a Browns fan and has watched Flacco on third downs against us uh, it's he waits and waits and waits and waits, and then suddenly there's a tight end 12 yards down the field with nobody inside of him. It's it's spooky, and it's scary, and I have a terrible fear that we're going to see a lot of that this this Sunday. I hope not. But Yeah, well, I mean,
0: we'll transition right from here to that. Um, If you watch Sunday night. Now, the first thing, in my first impressions were they use everybody. You know, the Ravens, and I, guys, I've right. talked about this a lot. With your skill position, you hope you can get a baseball-type lineup. You hope you can get eight, nine guys that you have a lot of confidence in using. They've got tight ends for days. Stephen just mentioned this. You know, this is things he's worried about with them. They have a bunch of them. Uh, the running backs. You know, uh, you know, Alex Collins. He's a guy I like. You know, does tend to fumble a little bit. Strong, hard runner. Uh, Buck Allen, great receiver out of the backfield. And the wide receiver core. You look at it and you're like, ah, well, it isn't. Well, you know, John Brown. Uh, you know, then, uh, you know, uh, uh, John Brown, Crabtree, uh, you know, Willie Snead, you know, that, but these guys, somehow it all works together. John Brown is a deep threat you got to worry about. Uh, now fully healthy and, you know, John Brown can school anybody in this league. And when he's healthy, you know, it's going to show. You you have Crabtree. He was a guy, you know, kind of like Jarvis Landry in that, you know, you always just get the ball in the vicinity. There's going to be a chance. There's going to be a play made. You're going to get some drops. Willie Snead is a guy that I just watched that Sunday night game, and this was you know basically went there right from the end of the uh, you know Raiders and the Raiders game with the Browns, and it was like oh man, Willie Snead just running these crossers all day long, and it was kind of like stuff that you know the Raiders, I mean the Raiders have done to him. It's it's going to be a tough matchup. I, I I think people are still riding the high, and you know it is Baker's first home start and all that stuff, but uh, this Ravens team right now they look pretty damn legit, Steve.
1: Yeah, and Flacco apparent from what I've seen anyway, uh, he trusts these guys, which is just huge. You can't put a price on that in the NFL. He knows somehow where they're going to be and where to, to give it to them. Um, and now the running game, like you said, it's not. It's been inconsistent. You're you're a big Alex Collins guy. I like Alex Collins, but. They have no runs over 20 yards, none, nope. for, for the whole year. Uh, it's, almost like like, it's almost like they're Novocaine. They just do it because they have to. Yeah, they do it. It's just good enough to keep you honest, to give Flacco that extra split second, which is all you really need. But I think that should be a point of – I mean, it's always a point of emphasis to go for the ball in the NFL. You strip and you punch at it and all that kind of stuff. But when a guy – you know, it's a, it's a fact of the NFL. when If you get a reputation as a fumbler, whether you deserve it or not, and he does – Guys are going to come after you harder, and they're going to need to do that because uh, we talked about this on the pregame or the preseason show. The flip in the Browns' fumble recovery rate has been uh, staggering. They were allergic to recovering fumbles. They Mm -hmm. recovered 28% over the last two years, which is virtually impossible to do. This year, Browns have put the ball on the ground seven times. They've only lost two. They've caused six fumbles and recovered. All six. That's an eighty-four percent recovery. Well, I mean, a couple
0: of them—they were like straight strip and rob jobs. It, it exactly. was a ball never even hit the ground. That's how good they are with it now.
1: Yeah, and, and obviously eighty-four percent is not sustainable long term. It's going to settle somewhere in the fifty percent range. That's just the way it is. But it's a huge reason why games have been closer. The, the team has looked better when you can do that. When you have a little bit of luck go your way, and with Collins being there number one back, if they're going to run the ball, it's something that they should be, it's something that the defense should be concentrating on even more. And the flip side of it is too, I mean, yes, their defense is, is playing well. I think they're ranked in the top 10, if, if not in the top 10, just outside of it. But their run defense has given up just under four yards of play. So when you pair that with their defensive backfield is making – a large percentage of their tackles, their, line, their linebackers for the most part are not making a bunch of tackles. If you look at their their tackle leaders, it's their corners and their safeties and and all of this stuff. That tells me that there's some room to run there. Uh, their their front seven against the run is not doing what it has and you know what we all think of as the Ravens D in our heads. So that might be a place. Hopefully, it's Nick Chubb getting more carries, but even Carlos Hyde, the, the kid, runs hard can churn out four yards, five yard run, five yard run, four yard run, five yard run, and that wears on a defense, as we've seen over the years here in Cleveland. So I would like to see if that's something that they can exploit because, you know, with everything we said about Flacco, I do think Baker's going to come in and, you know, chuck the ball all over the yard. It it may end up being a shootout. He may be able to, if they can strip it a couple times and catch a couple breaks, you know, maybe it's a, you know, a 35, 31 or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing that maybe the Steelers didn't do in that game Sunday night was, is the Steelers didn't try to run enough. I think they just kind of, you know, and it wasn't like the game was out of hand and they got it back to 14-14, but there are, you know, and maybe it's, you know, I, I don't know really know what the reason is, and, and maybe it's just, you know, hey, look, Lady on Bell's not here, whatever. This is just the route we're going to go. We're going to throw a little daylights out of the ball, which right. I can kind of understand with the guys you have, because, I mean, they have a pretty potent passing offense, but it didn't do them any favors in the long run. Um, but, but what I did also like about uh, Baltimore is is they seemed very content with you know controlling the game, just getting yards, and even when it was 14-14. And this is what happens, guys. We don't have one, but the Ravens do. When you're confident in the kicker you have, oh, yeah. just get me inside the 35. We'll keep taking threes. We'll keep taking threes. Because, I mean, he's literally Steph Curry-like. So, you know, it went from a 14-14 ballgame. They walked out of there with a 26-14 win. Um, But I do think they have a chance to run the ball better here. And look, Carlos Hyde, and everyone's trying to give me a hard time. Guys, if he's only going to average 3.4 yards per carry, that is an issue. When you have younger, better athletes behind him, it's an issue. So he needs to, and everybody. Now, if you all loved that second Nick Chubb touchdown run, you need to understand Carlos Hyde is not that type of athlete. Carlos Hyde would have been lucky to get back to the line of scrimmage on that run. So this is what I'm saying. And no, it's not, oh, you saw two runs and you're blowing this out of purport. This was what Nick Chubb did for four years in college. He is the goods. The only reason he really went in the second round is because there were some people who questioned the fact that he had a crazy, devastating knee injury, and he came back as well as he did. So it was a question of length with the selection. Nothing, Nothing else stopped him from going round one. So this isn't a Carlos Hyde thing. I think Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson should run in and wear out these defenses, and then you bring in a Carlos Hyde where he can go a little bit north and south. And hey, safety, come on, let's let's dance. Go ahead, maybe one on one, and then you know let him be more of the hammer. Let these other guys, you know, kind of just wire you know, wear these guys out. So it's not that type of thing. And, and, and I'm never making that type of thing, guys. Look, I mean, I understand I'm going to get some heat of it because I do understand. I guess I know the school he went to. So I understand there's going to be a little bit of a tighter relationship there. But, you know, I don't care if it's him or if it was Nick Chubb and it was 3.4 yards per carry or it was Duke Johnson and it was 3.4. If it's 3.4 yards per carry, that ain't getting it done. And you can't give me, oh, well, he had a really good second half against the Jets. Sorry. That was a great moment for him and his family. It's a Disney moment. You know, he'll probably hire somebody to do a 30 for 30 for that night alone for his kid. Fantastic. But you need, you need to at least be right around four. It's not like he's knocking on the door. He's like three doors down. So we need to run the ball better. And the other thing, though, is with Baker, it it makes you wonder more and more how, you know, Carlos Hyde fits into this. Because, you know, Chubb, you know, the rookie coming from Georgia, he's used to this quicker pace. Duke Johnson, this is a pace that, and you saw the little bit we got to see him on Sunday, he seems to be into it. The oddball fit here now with the running back crew is kind of, you know, is Carlos Hyde. So we're going to see how this all plays out on Sunday.
1: Yeah, maybe he can uh, be sort of a, uh, and I'm not comparing the players, but just the roles, maybe a LeGarrett Blunt type where. Thank you. Fourth in quarter, the f- four the minutes. Fourth quarter, yep. you're like holy crap, I forgot he was even on the roster, and then suddenly he's ripping off 8-yard run, 6-yard run, 9-yard run, 12-yard run, and you can't stop him in the fourth quarter. Maybe they can, yeah, that's that's not a bad idea right there at all.
0: And for what you're paying him, it's perfect. I mean, he's not getting paid much anyway. So, I mean, you know, this is, you know, and obviously what they paid him, it was with the, you know, the decision of there's going to be another guy here along with Duke. So it's a, it's a strong, strong backfield. The problem is we just got to start getting better to a better distribution and, you know, if you, if you want to say, look, I got to take 33% for everybody, I'll go there because that means I'm getting 66% between Duke and Nick Chubb. And that's fine. I'll mix Carlos Hyde in there. But I, I think we're trending towards, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde is going to be a 10 to 15 percenter in this. But, guys, we do have a new one here, uh, swap.com. Um, for me, now, Steven is actually probably going to remember this, too. It's crazy how much you spend on your kids' clothes, and they want good clothes. They want brand-name <laughs> clothes. Um, why do we you know, buy kids you know, expensive clothes and the fact that they are going to grow out of them? For me, uh, my 11-and-a-half-year-old daughter, she is as tall as a tree. My 10 and year old daughter, tiny. So it's really great that <laughs> we have hand-me-downs, but um, she's always like a season off, and then she outgrows and misses the window. So um, there is Swap.com to answer these types of problems. The world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving from store to store. Stop driving you know, from outlet to outlet and going through racks trying to find something that's going to fit your kid and hopefully it gets them on over. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about at the end of the day. Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. With Swap.com, you can get 90% off retail price on your favorite brands, favorite kids' brands, you know, uh, Carters, Nike, J.Crew, Gap, all that type of stuff. You can get this type of, you know, quality type of clothes that your kids are into, but you ain't got to pay the high ticket prices. Quality hand-inspected items are added to, you know, the site daily. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days, um, so it's, it's, it's a good thing. I've actually already urged Mrs. Lloyd to get on it because, look, they're never going to stop growing. They're never going to stop needing clothes, guys. It's not going to happen uh, anytime soon. I hope maybe Steven's daughter's finally fully grown and she's off in college now. But for a special call, uh, offer for all you listeners, get 35% off selected items w- with your first order with the promo code, all caps, guys, locked on. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage Guys, swap.com. I'm telling you, check it out. Mrs. Lloyd, this is going to be her assignment this weekend. <laughs> All right, Stephen, we're not going to put a bow on this without talking a little draft here. Uh, you know, look, this is, it's something you love. It's something I love. It, it, the reason is, is because it's always got to be a part of an NFL franchise. And this is part of why the NFL is 365 days long, because you're always going to need, you know, need to rebuild your roster. So I asked you to come up with a couple of guys that you really have your eyes on here who might be fun and fit in. And I know, uh, you know, I, I've got a couple of guys, you know, myself that I've uh, pointed out here for this
1: evening. Well, it's going to be a fascinating and It's going to be, I mean, you know, we had the discussion all last year that, you know, in a three-year plan, year one is different than year two, which is different than year three. And what we're coming up on now is going to be vastly different than what we have been through the last couple of years where we were literally building a team from the ground up now you're looking to pick and choose shore up you know weaknesses a few guys here and there and so it's going to be interesting to see how they approach free agency because i mean it's early right now but the strength of free agency looks to be the same as the strength of the draft which is the defensive line so are they want to gonna you know going to want to go for uh, you know, if they hit free agency, a guy, guys like uh, a Dante Fowler or a Jadeveon Clowney or David Irving, Ten and pay fours. those, yeah, pay those guys that kind of money for being a known quantity, or are they going to want to go interior defensive line up top, which seems to be overwhelmingly. The blue chip area of this draft with your Ed Olivers and Jeffrey Simmons and Draymond Jones, Raquan Davis, Gerald Willis. If Quinnon Williams declares, I might pound the table until I break every little bone in my hand for that freak of nature. Um, and obviously, a lot of it depends on where they end up. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, last year, five wins got you five, six, seven, and eight spot, and then six wins got you nine, ten, and eleven. So, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, I have a rough estimate of picking around 10th, which I think is probably going to be out of the range of the Ed Oliver types. Yeah. Um, but you can still get, like we just said, there's, it's so deep, you can still get that guy. Now, if they go with the defensive line in free agency, then you can switch over and maybe go with a corner. Uh, you know, uh, um, uh, a greedy Williams, if he gets to 10 or a Byron Murphy out of Washington or for the Buckeye guys out there, get Kendall Sheffield and put Buckeyes on each corner. You know, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that want to go with the the Nikhil Harry's and and the DK Metcalf's and and that kind of stuff. I just, there's nothing in Dorsey's history that suggests they're going to go wide receiver in the first round. So in my head, I have sort of put those guys out of my you know, uh, my wish list, and have been looking at the third and fourth round type receivers, uh, which there's still some talent out there. Darius Slayton, Jalen, Jalen Smith, Colin Johnson, Chase Claypool, Hakeem Butler at Iowa state, uh, uh, Olamide Zakias at, uh, uh, at Virginia Keelan Doss at UC Davis. There's a lot of guys, uh, to keep your eyes on. Um, but if you force me right now to say two guys that I would at this point without knowing all that stuff that would be the top of my lists, and I also think realistic for the spot where they will likely be picking, I would say uh, uh, Quinnen Williams if he declares. If he doesn't, a Draymond Jones or uh, Byron Murphy out at Washington on the corner.
0: Uh, all good players, and this is the fun part, guys. You know we're not to the point where we're dinging any of these guys yet, so we have a lot of fun with it. For me, I look at a guy you know like Nikhil Harry. I look at a guy like DJ Metcalf, and look, every GM there comes a time where you break your mold. 's got to, you've got to go, be. Be. you've got to go get Baker and if you have all this faith in him and he's the guy that's gonna take this downtrodden franchise and get it talked about the way the LeBron Cavs were he needs a goat he needs he needs a running mate and you know it, this isn't a knock on Jarvis Landry he can still catch 70 80 balls because you got to realize there's going to be a lot of balls to be had um Nikhil Harry as much as I like him Uh, And he's my top guy right now. You look at a guy like DJ Metcalf gets deep with ease. It almost looks a little Randy Moss type style. Mm -hmm. So you know he's a guy that just really, really intrigues me. Um, You doesn't really know exactly what he's doing yet, but still is just laying people out. Whether it's a one handed, you know, one handed reception in the end zone on a forty five yard post pattern, really, really fun guy. And I think. You look at, and you know, they had you know, a lot of thoughts, and you. Know, where is Josh in this? And, you know, man, he's just not like the others. If you want a guy who's just not like the others, a DK Metcalf is probably that guy, so he's going to be interesting. Uh, he's Kelvin, a-
1: Kelvin Harmon also. Kelvin Harmon is, and not only that, but he blocks the hell out of people. So, I mean, there you could be right. I mean, if he breaks it, there's, there's a handful of guys at the top of this draft as of October 4th or whatever it is. That yeah, absolutely. I would love to have them on my team. You're absolutely right. I would I would dance a jig if they got one of these guys. You know, especially if they've hit uh, defensive tackle uh, in uh, in free agency. I mean, if they go out and get a you know a Clowney or a David Irving or something like that, then yeah, heck, you go for it. Uh, Because as far as corner goes, they're they're going to get Mitchell back. Uh, A lot of people have forgotten they're going to get Howard Wilson back. Now, we don't know how this regime feels about him. He's a previous regime pick, and he will have been gone for two years by then. But the kid's only 23, and he had mad ball skills at Houston. So there are things in-house right now that could improve and make corner not the pick. So there is a route. I can see the path to taking a wide receiver first. I just – at this point, I I think it's – more unlikely than likely.
0: Oh, I, I do agree, and obviously, free agency plays in. But this is this right. is this is why we do this. This is why we talk. Oh, so fun. Yeah. And now for me, um, cornerback. I'd be looking in. It, it, for me, look, maybe it's the skill guy in me. So you know, I'd say wide receiver round one. Um, look, I'm. You know, like pass rushers, you can never have enough corners, especially when right. this game is played now. DeAndre Baker. Here's a guy out of Georgia. Uh really good skills. But the problem is, is you look at the kid and he's about five eleven. He's a little right one ninety, maybe on a good day if the you know the feeding table at Georgia was good. But here's a guy, and you know, and I am guys. You know, I was high on Terrence Mitchell. I I thought he was playing really good because when you can get your second cornerback, you can deal with you know like some transgressions and getting beat here and now every now right. and then. But if you're going to create turnovers, that 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 brings a big element to it. So look, Terrence Mitchell. Look, if it ends up he's out for the year. I'm still okay with it and look as long as and this is what I talk about in you know, my fears with the defensive line I don't want anybody rehabbing the offseason I just want them improving their craft so if that's where it ends up for Terrence Mitchell that he's fully good to go for everything all season that's fine we'll, we'll we'll take it but DeAndre Baker with the size he has here's a guy that eventually could no issues you know with a guy probably lining up outside and obviously they're not too you know sworn away by maybe undersized corners cuz Denzel Ward kind of right. was himself but also DeAndre Baker could slide into a nickel back a nickel corner role. We have our doubts now with Brian, Bowdy, Calhoun. Demarius Randall does not need to do anything else around here ever again but play free safety. Right. I know he's got experience playing corner. I know he's got experience playing nickel. It's a waste. He's playing lights out. And so just leave him right where he is. So DeAndre Baker from Georgia, DJ Metcalf, if I could get him around ten or eleven and just he's a like, he just in a long strider. Just a really, really fun guy. So, guys, we're always going to give you a little bit of draft talk. You know me and Steve are yeah. going to
1: do that to you. I mean, and, and you want a few more names for corner if you're if you looking currently. I mean, a long way to go, but currently ranked a little further down the board. You've got Trayvon Mullen. you got Chris Boyd at Texas. Um, you've got two guys coming back from injury that I, I am very curious to see how they progress. in Jordan Miller at Washington and Ryan Pulley uh, down at Arkansas. And then there's the small school kid who I know you, always, you like too. Uh, is uh, Trey Williams at uh, Appalachian State. That kid is just a dog. And you could probably get him late day two, probably day three, early day three. And he's the kind of kid, you stick him out there in the slot, and yeah, what happened to BBC? He's just having a terrible year. I love the kid, but man. It's kind of the
0: problem with cornerback, though, man. You string together some bad ones, and all of a sudden, I mean, it's like a disease. It's just so hard to get it right.
1: So, yeah, there's some there's some depth uh, as of this moment uh, at corner. So it's going to be interesting to see the path they take. And obviously, you know, they, they go wide receiver early. Now you forget about that until the late rounds where Dorsey has worked his magic over the years. That's one of the things that he hangs his hat on. And then you're looking at, you know, Adavian Davis from Sam Houston State or Cameron Lewis at St. Francis or, you know, one of these real small school guys that comes out and becomes the next Tyreek Hill Type thing, uh, and he's he's proven that he's really really good at that kind of stuff. So it's going to be fascinating to watch this year because it's going to be so vastly different. And you and I, I mean, how many of us, you and I, not only but everybody on Brown's Twitter, I'm sure everybody listening, how awesome is it that none of the, we have not mentioned quarterback once? It's so <laughs> different. It's so amazingly different. Because, you know, obviously, if you're in draft Twitter at all, that always dominates every year who are the top quarterbacks. And I see these tweets from guys whose opinions I really, really respect, you know, the the Schofields and the Greg Cosells, and they're really good at it. And I have followed them so closely the last three years, and I just scroll right past it, man, like (laughs) – like I'm singing in the rain. I mean, it's just, yep. it's so awesome to not oh, so have ju- so talk Justin it. Ab- so Justin Abe had a good
0: night for Oregon.
1: Yeah. Ah, don't
0: matter to me. It's not it going to affect me. Crap. It's not doing <laughs> anything for business over here. We're good. Oh, We're
1: good. It's so nice. <laughs> it is. It really is.
0: Um, I'm going to have to give a score prediction here because I had no one's asked me for one yet. So, and this will be the game day edition. So, guys, look, I try to be honest and I try to give you what I think. Um, I, I don't think. We had enough yet for this game. Uh, I think the Ravens, due to the fact, you know, what we saw in the Oakland game and the way, you know, Derek Carr was able to use everybody and they were able to find the mismatches. And we're becoming defensive here. The issue is, is if the D-line doesn't win the game or doesn't do everything, then the other holes seem to be found. So I I'm thinking uh, you know and I'm not going to give you a brown score with a right number because I'm still not confident in the kicker. So I'm going to go with a Baltimore Ravens 30 Cleveland Browns 22. That's my prediction for this week, guys. Sorry, but I got to give you my honest opinion. I'll be glad to be wrong though. No
1: doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking something similar. I think Baker's going to put up points, but the pressure is just going to you know. Now, the one thing that might work in our favor it, it, I think it's a fifty percent chance of rain and thunderstorms and stuff. So maybe that oh. moves Tucker around a little bit. Maybe he shanks one in the in the bad field, sloppy you know, field, or whatever.
0: distance exactly.
1: Yeah. So, but all things being equal, I'm gonna go pretty close to you, like thirty three, twenty four, something like that. And again, I mean, before anybody gets mad, like Jeff said, I want to be wrong I, more than you can imagine. I just can't see it this week.
0: All right, guys. Uh, everybody follows Steven You know, keep following him over at Browns Mock Draft. Uh, guys, great Browns fan. Just great interactor. Fun guy to talk to. Really smart dude too. By the way, guys. Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably knows some things. Um, and he will be alright we'll go with Frazier right we we'll, won't we'll, we'll, we'll make this happen we gotta find the gift though when they went camping with uh, Mrs. Clavin's station wagon though, we gotta find a gift related oh, to that one great that's episode. a great that, that actually gonna be a 30 minute locked on Browns episode <laughs> um, but guys uh, all you Browns listeners anybody's at the game Sunday Steven's gonna be there buy him yeah. a drink invite him to a tailgate feed him cause uh, you know it'd be nice. You know, he's, he's coming home. He's coming home. He's coming (laughs) home. But no, he will be in town. Obviously looking forward to it. And anybody wants to talk ball, Steven will be there. So guys, go ahead follow him. Follow the Locked On Browns Twitter account. I keep it a follow back guys. Uh, you were, you're good to the show. You help the show. guys, the Mark Sessler now with a monthly feature on the show was set up by a listener, Paul Spencer. I do appreciate you for that. Mark Sessler. I always appreciate you for the time for me. Uh, follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. And guys, please, if you could just do me one favor, the ratings and the reviews on iTunes, it helps the show. It helps create new listenership. Uh, the numbers of downloads and what are getting here, it's almost staggering to see. Like I kind of like take my glasses off and I do the t-shirt wipe. I'm like, are those numbers right? But look, I, you know, everybody's positive. Um, you Granted, the win Sunday would have just probably taken this and blown that top off of the, all the thing. But look, let's stay a little humble here. Still work in progress, but it's a really, really nice work in progress. Until we, uh, uh this may be it, guys. Until you get the post game with me and Pete Smith on Sunday night, it may be working for something for tomorrow night. We'll see how that pans out. But if it's not, let's go Browns. LGB on the LOB. Talk to you soon.